Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Wind Talks. We have someone who has done some commendable work in the field of education. Let's get up and listen to what she has to say about leadership, the risk that she has taken and the career path that she has gone through. Before we dive right in to listening to her story, let's just have a brief intro about her. Dr. Gayatri was formerly the Deputy Director and Professor of Marketing at STM IMD Mysore. She has more than 35 years of experience as an educator, trainer and academic administrator in the field of management and is a recognized guide for the PhD program in management by the University of Mysore. In her experience, Gayatri was associated as an adjunct faculty with the reputed Indian Institute of Management Koikod, IIMK, HAL Management Academy, Bengaluru, as well as a resource person with Staff Training College of SBM. She is a licensed NLP practitioner and has conducted more than 250 training programs globally for corporates in the area of business negotiation marketing, self-empowerment, and leadership-influencing skills. These being her core areas of interest. She has associated with various companies in market research studies, helped them in developing strategic marketing plans, and has taken up consulting assignments. Dr. Gayatri has not only published numerous articles in national and international journals on marketing studies, sales promotional strategies, and leadership skills, but has also presented her papers and addressed the conference participants in India and abroad. Besides, Dr. Gayatri has to her credit of editing books, developing case studies on management and marketing, as well as published book reviews in the Economic Times newspaper. Welcome to Wind Talks, Dr. Gayatri. And uh, I've been waiting for so long to get in touch with you and have this conversation. Um, the first time, the very first time I actually met you was in your office. And I just then started my career at Vinyas. And uh, we had a conversation about a lot of, lot many things. Uh, I was talking to you about what what I face at work and what are the challenges. And then there was one thing that stuck with me for like, I think really long and I still abide by it. You said take control. I don't remember or I do remember the context in which we were talking to you about because I'd, I'd very much kind of like given up on, you know, doing things and saying that, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And that, then I was like, I was talking to my colleague and I was like, I think I have to go talk to her again. This is not just one thing that she has that has made her so successful in her career. So Dr. Gayatri, what has actually helped you or the one binding thing that has helped you or more than one binding thing that has helped you in your career and helped you reach this success? Thank you, Ms. Deepashree, for inviting me for this uh, talk. Uh, it's my pleasure to be a part of this uh, process. Well, uh, it's been a journey, if you ask me, when it comes to this uh, career of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I was very keen to uh, get into the corporate world. Oh, wow. I was fascinated with uh, advertising actually. Uh, but um, God willed it otherwise. Um, I was on family way. Okay. So one thing which uh, I thought I should do is not keep myself, uh, you know, uh, idle. Mm -hmm. So uh, I decided to take up uh, part-time uh, uh, teaching. Okay. So the story begins there. The minute I got into uh, teaching, I never realized uh, it is such a wonderful uh, feeling that I got. Mm -hmm. I thought this is what I should be doing the rest of my life. You know, I got that feeling very in the very beginning of uh, my teaching uh, career. Mm -hmm. So, well, I've spent 35 years wow. in teaching. And um, first and the foremost thing is um, I'm very ambitious. Mm -hmm. For me, dreaming big came naturally. Uh, I, though I don't uh, express it too much, mm -hmm. but it's always working on my mind, yeah. telling me to do what and what not. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I was uh, ambitious and uh, dreaming big, mm -hmm. I was ready to learn. Yeah. I think that was the biggest, uh, I think, advantage uh, I had when it comes to my career. I was open for learning. Mm -hmm. The fact that I was ready to learn mm -hmm. helped me take up responsibilities. Sense. Okay. Because learning and response, taking up responsibilities are, I think, uh, two sides of a coin. Mm -hmm. The reason is without learning, responsibilities don't come that easily to an individual. Yes. So it came naturally to me and I was ready to take up the responsibility. So along with teaching, one of the things I was asked is to take up administrative responsibility. Okay. Which mm -hmm. I have seen most people don't like to do it. Absolutely. They don't like to wear uh, two caps together. Yeah. Okay. They either want to uh, get uh, aligned to academics. Mm -hmm. Very few want to get into administration. Yes. But I was ready for that uh, challenge to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that uh, I took up the challenge, mm -hmm. things like, uh, you know, uh, focusing on academics, parallelly balancing uh, administration, administration was a, a big challenge because I'm new to this field yeah. and uh, I wanted to ensure things don't go wrong. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, one advantage I enjoyed was, especially on the academic side, I was exposed to a lot of um, faculty from IIM Bangalore. Because uh, when we started the institute, we mm -hmm. had uh, a lot of them supporting uh, our uh, academic uh, activities. So um, that uh, helped me to fine tune myself mm -hmm. with respect to how to manage academics. Mm -hmm. So that is one thing. Second thing is, as a person, mm -hmm. I love challenges. For me, if there is no challenges, mm -hmm. the whole thing is done. You're the very first person I'm hearing you say so loves challenges. Actually, challenges energizes me. Okay. The minute I am energized, uh -huh. 
I go all out to find uh, solutions for whatever it is. It could be academics or administration. Mm -hmm. So I go all out, find solutions mm -hmm. and put things in place. Okay. I suppose uh, these factors along with never die attitude of mine, mm -hmm. I think has brought me this far and I have enjoyed every single when when I spoke to you and you know when you just spoke to me about the things that uh, you know helped you and these were the mantras or you know the never let go of things take up challenges do you think there are um, some more factors or do we have certain things that we can say uh, are the requirement for say a leadership skill like back when I was in MBA college, like we had a session on uh, leadership and it was compulsory for us to sit through it. And uh, this person who was teaching us, the professor, he was like, uh, leaders are not born, they're made, but I can identify leaders when I look at them. So is there like a 101 book <laughs> that Dr. Gayatri has to, you know, leadership? Or do you have some mantras to give out to say there is these are the things that are needed for a successful leadership or there's nothing called a successful leadership? When it comes to uh, leadership, I think um, there are some um, uh, ground uh, rules. Mm -hmm. However, I feel it's uh, got to do a lot with the individuals. Uh, for example, if you ask me, first and the foremost thing when it comes to uh, the way I handled uh, my career, mm -hmm. I've always been a solution-oriented person. Okay? Uh, so, whenever there is a problem, mm -hmm. either academics, administrative, or students-related, whatever that may be, yeah. uh, I'm very composed. Mm. It doesn't put any pressure on me. Okay. The reason is, I have that mindset for uh, a, uh, to find a solution. That's why I said I'm a solution-oriented person. Yes. I may take a day or two, however, mm -hmm. I'll come back with solution. Okay. So I think that is uh, one thing which uh, gave me a lot of comfort throughout my career. Yeah, yeah. The second thing is, I walk my talk. When I say walk my talk, I'll just give you simple examples. Yes. If uh, my session starts at 9, mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm in the classroom by 8.55. Wow. Okay. Every single day. Uh -huh. There may have been an occasional one. It could be for some reason. Very, I don't remember, but there could be. But I'm ready to apologize for the student without giving any reasons. Mm -hmm. But that is one aspect when I say, you know, um, uh, walking the talk. The second thing is, academic disciplines are very important for a successful career. Okay. Whether it is uh, offering new courses, you know, uh, meeting academic requirements like case studies or publication, whatever that may be, mm -hmm. training, corporate training, all these things. So, unless I do, mm -hmm. I can't impose. So I was always ahead. I would make sure mm -hmm. if I have to uh, handle this many courses, I'll handle it and show it to others. Say, if I can do it, you can do it. You can do it. Simple logic. Yes. 
So that is another aspect uh, which uh, helped me. The third uh, thing is I'm open for feedback. Uh-huh. I have no block in my mind at all. Whether it's coming from uh, colleagues okay. or uh, even student community, mm-hmm. I never hesitate to take the feedback. Mm-hmm. My only mantra for feedback is mm-hmm. if there is any truth, make those corrections. corrections. There is no truth, let go. let go. So it doesn't bother me. You know, feedbacks never uh, uh, trouble me or, you know, I don't have to be anxious, or, you know. Perturbed by... Yeah, power. absolutely. Yeah. So that is uh, another thing. Apart from that, uh, straightforwardness has been uh, a part of my personality throughout my life. Okay. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people shy away from saying a no. Yeah. In most situations. Mm-hmm. I do not know whether I should say they want to be seen as good. <laughs> you know, not to be seen. Invariably, yes. Okay. However, that uh, did not affect me. Mm-hmm. I It could be anybody. Yeah. If I believe that a situation warrants mm-hmm. for me to say no. Yeah. Or stand up for that particular issue. issue. Yeah. I have always done that. Yeah momentarily it may affect the individuals it could be student or whoever it is however in the long run yeah i've seen it converted into a lot of uh, respect yes because people know mm-hmm. you are doing it across all people all situations without any bias it's not specifically towards someone yeah. yes if uh, student uh, uh, situation arises and I need to see from their perspective, I'm ready to see. Yeah. But if I realize that that is not a, mm-hmm. uh, a good thing in the interest of the entire system, mm-hmm. I would say no. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the entire team may get upset. It doesn't matter. I have to take a decision to ensure that the organization is, you know, uh, on the go without any problems. It's it's not stuck to a point where, you know, like, you just because you said yes, and then it leads to something else. Invariably, all of us struggle with that. I struggle with saying no a lot many times. And uh, it becomes a pattern where you're stuck with just saying yes. And the day you make the shift, like you're worried about people thinking, oh my God, I just said it. What are they going to think about this? Are they going to judge you? Is it this just this one person who's going to look at me and say, you know, like, you know, you said no, so what? But um, I think this is so important for all of us to incorporate uh, saying no as a regular thing. Yes. In our, this Absolutely. Whenever a situation demands, mm-hmm. we need to be ready to uh, say a no. no. Uh, and we need not worry about the consequences because we know in the long run, in the interest of all the stakeholders, mm-hmm. it will always be beneficial. Beneficial, yes. The other thing is I'm also uh, flexible. You know, flexibility helps from various perspectives. One, it opens up our mind for uh, learning, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, you are ready to uh, learn. learn. And flexibility... Uh, helps uh, 
look at from various perspective and also find alternative solutions yeah you know only when you have flexibility otherwise we get stuck with only one solution there's nothing like one solution we can always have alternative solutions yes you know finding alternative solutions mm-hmm. can happen only when your mind is a little flexible true okay so i think these are some things which uh, i would say many people might have followed as a part of their uh, journey for me these have been valuable in my journey and it has been a must and yes. something that is has shown like yeah these are the basics of what is needed absolutely there are more i'm sure there are like 101 other things but i think very clearly these make up the basis of everything else that we have like everything all the other mantras or whatever we call would probably stem out of these basics very true and we implement them in different ways could be a no could be taking some time to think about it and coming up with a solution need not be a no instantly but you know they could be like i have to still say a no but then i come up with taking time yes. figuring things out yes. and say yeah okay this does not make sense let's not go ahead with it absolutely absolutely you said you're someone who you know uh takes uh decisions and who is okay in uh like i would say taking risks like it comes it demands the positions that you have been in you've taken risks it's not that it just comes out of like yeah let's take the the most uh, peaceful way of doing something or you know the right way of doing something i don't think there is a right way of doing something there is a way to do something and then probably it could be right or wrong but that's taking a risk have you or do you think there risks that you have taken in your professional career and what has that risk taught you okay i think uh, i would like to put uh, the word risk mm-hmm. and uh, challenging uh both into the same uh, basket okay or may not be i'm not too sure however uh, the reason why i'm saying that is mm-hmm. uh, somewhere they are connected risks okay. and uh, challenges mm-hmm. one of the first things um uh i did when it comes to uh, my career mm-hmm. was uh, i was very clear that i need to have some kind of a balance between my personal life and my professional life okay you know that's one big thing because what i had seen is lot of people would carry their personal uh, you know life into their professional life and professional life into their personal life okay i think that to a very large extent mm-hmm. not only disturbs mm-hmm. but upsets the performance of an individual true so i did uh, one important thing i said i need to shut my personal life mm-hmm. the minute i walk out of my home okay and only my profession comes into the picture okay the same happens at the end of the day mm-hmm. close the door of professional life mm-hmm. and then focus on personal mm-hmm. having said that mm-hmm. there is always in a window open yes okay if uh, my family needs uh-huh. or my profession needs i am there for them okay. what i did was to balance this uh i had 
heard a lot of stories where um, it could be parents or in many cases young children mm. you know losing out on uh, their parents not being around okay so one uh, important thing i did was they were very young my children mm-hmm. i would sit down with them and tell them why i need to have a career okay how important it is to me uh-huh okay particularly first it was me yeah and also told them how important it is to the family okay one of the things i told them was look i have now educated i've done this mm-hmm. you know all these things i said what's the point if i am just uh, at home yeah i need to make a career i need to contribute to you know my profession yeah i think even though they were young mm-hmm. the fact that you are opening up with the young kids my feeling is you know children are very very intelligent absolutely yeah. they accepted mm-hmm. you may think i am exaggerating but i never had a single day mm-hmm. where there were issues when it comes to my children wonderful whether it's from the school or with the other kids uh-huh. when they had to be with them uh, i i told you that window which yes. is always open though the doors were closed yes. the window was always open yes so if there is an any issue i would always tell my family it could be my parents my, my husband or t- children any emergency mm-hmm. if i you can't reach me just call the landline and tell them it's emergency i, I would tell i would be there for you mm-hmm. that confidence and the trust you build it to them yeah i think matters most absolutely and the same thing i i i implemented with my profession mm-hmm. i would tell them any time of the day you're most welcome you would be surprised if i tell you you know okay people think academics is a very peaceful uh, area very easy <laughs> very easy and peaceful yeah. easy is the right word i agree with you but then i would get a call at around 12 o'clock 2 o'clock administrative issues okay you know you are dealing with young kids <laughs> you i can't say that uh, you know at this hour i don't want to solve this yes then immediately connect to the all the concerned see what to do how to handle issues yeah. you know talk to the concerned kid all this would happen mm-hmm. midnight my family would not know other students would not know no. nor would my colleagues know about it yeah this was the reality and i think mm-hmm. that uh, was very well received on both the sides mm-hmm. okay that's one thing second thing is another uh, thing uh, uh, about uh, you know risk or challenge in this uh, profession is when you have uh, today we have hundreds and mm. of students on campus yes it's not easy to manage and they are uh, there will be a lot of emotional breakdowns mm-hmm. with the student community yeah. enormous mm-hmm. some because of their previous experiences some ongoing on the campus maybe they are unable to cope up with the academic requirements or it could be personal because the age is such that yeah. managing their emotions was uh, another big challenge and here i want to uh, stress on that word risk okay because you don't know what they will do when you advise them whether they take it in the right way yeah. because emotionally when they are uh, uh 
completely a wreck. It it is a big challenge for somebody to handle the hand. And uh, I had uh, one policy with the student community. I, I used to tell them, you can walk in any time. Otherwise, they would not just walk into the cabins. Uh -huh. If they have a problem, I told them, yeah, they can just walk into my cabin any time. Uh -huh. Apart from that, uh -huh. I would tell them, my course outline has my mobile number. Emergency, don't hesitate, call me. Call. I, I, I was open about it. I said, midnight, you can call me. Okay. Not that they called me, but then... <laughs> They had that uh, the uh, comfort, comfort level, level yeah. but then uh, handling them mm -hmm. drains out a lot of energy because if one student has a problem, mm -hmm. bringing them to normalcy would take easily around three months, four months, mm -hmm. and each time you're sitting, you know, they are highly negative and emotionally uh, toned. Yeah. Managing them for an hour or two drains out our energy. Energy, yes. I, I did it mm -hmm. and uh, went uh, well with the, you know, the student uh, community. community. The other thing was, mm -hmm. being a woman, uh, one of the biggest challenges is, yes. can you travel? Yes. You know, especially because in a management school, yes. placements are uh, an important uh, aspect of uh, the program. Yeah, absolutely. So... I never hesitated. Uh -huh. That's why I said, you know, I was ready to take the responsibilities. And I've traveled mm -hmm. across, met companies, met their MDs in some cases, yeah. and uh, general managers, mm -hmm. depending upon, uh, you know, uh, whom I wanted to connect. Yeah. And then uh, one thing I realized is when you are sincere, yes, they are open for uh, to listen to you. You know, yeah. I have been complimented by some of the best, uh, 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 you know, corporate uh, executives. Uh -huh. For uh, one thing, they always would say, uh, "We did not know about uh, the institute, mm -hmm. nor you." Okay. But then um, we gave you appointment. We forgot about it, uh -huh. uh, and the appointment was at ten o'clock. But uh -huh. you were in our office at nine forty-five. My secretary told me, and unbelievable, you come from Mysore. Anyway, you are here. Yeah. Unlike, uh, you know, many other appointments where they have, you know, especially if you go to Bangalore or Mumbai. You won't make it. Traffic yes. is such a mess. Yes. So that is uh, the satisfaction I have because I took up that, uh, ch uh, you know, challenge to travel. Okay. Risk to be travel alone. Yes. Yeah, you know, that... I have the satisfaction when it comes to yeah. your career. I think the biggest takeaway from for me and is from the fact that communication. Everything that you do or the risk you take is about communicating, be it your family where you spoke about, you just sat them down. I think quite rare that we find any parent, you know, sitting children down and telling them this is my career it's important this is what I have done I'm sure there was a way you did it it wasn't like career is important for me so you guys have to listen to it it was a process yes. and you know it was a slow process where you explained to them why this is important for me and for the family for us all together and I'm sure they've imbibed the same now with their children they would have done the same thing where they would have sat down my mom did it 
I'm sure I'm going to do the same thing with you all. And biggest takeaway, risk management equal to communication. Communicate well. Second is I think you, through communication, you were able to build that trust with them. Yes. And if that is not there, trust is not there, be it say your family or your students, it becomes difficult because why should I listen to you just because you know your your uh, deputy director or your uh, principal or your my mother why I should have some level of trust with you and it came with the honesty that you know you were being honest and you were not like saying that ha huh, like this is how it has to be done and you know talking about say honesty and trust and communication I'm sure all this these factors help with the risk that you took but do you think that the position that you have reached uh like when you when you you know uh ended the career with i wouldn't i think that's a very wrong way of putting it but i think when you took a break or you decided to move forward from that career uh as a deputy director at sdmimd um, when you were within the system to reach that position, was it difficult for like women in administration or say in the education sector? Because largely I see there are a lot of men in say schools, teachers, principals, administration, they say men do a better job. Was it difficult for you to like reach that position where you had a board seat and you were there and you were the deputy director and it's not something small. What is it that, you know, uh, like, was it easy or were there challenges? I'm sure there were challenges. And uh, how did you go about that? Okay. Well, uh, when uh, women has to achieve to uh, um, to the top management uh, positions, mm -hmm. definitely there are challenges uh, even today. Okay. However, I would like to say it's a lot uh, better than what it was uh, earlier. Okay. The reason I am saying this is women are now performance oriented. Yes. They deliver results. Mm -hmm. They are contributing to the strategic directions of the organizations. Yes. So you can't just let go when uh, you have uh, all the qualities you look for in a leader, uh -huh. if that's already there, mm -hmm. you know, an organization cannot look the other side. Absolutely. However, you know, this uh, slight bias of uh, women need to prove, and if men have the potential uh -huh. being promoted, I think it's still happening. Even today. Even today. When it comes to my uh, career, I was fortunate uh, because, uh, as I said in the beginning, um, you know, I uh, took up both the responsibilities of uh, academic and administration. Later on, there are a couple of uh, very senior professors who said, you know, when you, you get stuck with the administration, do you really want to do it? Mm -hmm. But then that was already fixed in my mind. I said, I will manage both. both. I think uh, I was delivering uh, results. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably that paved way for uh, my promotions. Okay. And uh, it's been a very good uh, journey, journey. And I've enjoyed it every single day. You, you, we spoke so much about leadership, career, and uh, leadership mantras, uh, risk, 
and all this. Now, just shifting subjects. Let's talk about our education system. <laughs> uh, what do you think, you know, has been like um, our education system at the moment, you are in the system, you, you continue to be in the system. Probably you're not uh, in the system in the sense of teaching students um, in an environment that is either a college or a school, but now you're teaching uh, professionals. Your thoughts about our education system on the whole and how do you keep us all engaged? We find it so difficult that, you know, our, our span to sit through something has completely gone down because information is available so easily. How do we engage students or these corporate professionals to sit through something? Okay. Gone are the days when a teacher would walk in with a textbook or a notes, you know, and address the students. Okay. I think that uh, may not uh, happen uh, anymore. Okay. You know, there may be still some practicing, but that may not uh, keep the students engaged. Mm -hmm. Reality today in the education system is, you know, as you rightly mentioned, uh, the technology is disrupting everything, including the way teachers teach. Okay. So what's happening is at the tip of their finger, mm -hmm. they have the information. Yeah. So unless a teacher is ahead of the student, it becomes very important. It becomes very difficult. Okay. What do I mean by being ahead? You know, it's not sufficient for you to be conceptually well-informed. Mm -hmm. What is important and uh, relevant from uh, whether it is students or professionals, I need to know what is happening in that industry. Okay. Let me give you an example. Uh, for a couple of years, I was um, uh, uh, training... Um, HL uh, em employees. Okay. And they were coming from different parts of the country mm -hmm. with uh, experience of anywhere around uh, five years to maybe 20, 25 years. Okay. You know, the kind of exposure they have, it's amazing. If I go and talk to them about some concept, mm -hmm. one important thing is I, you know, it doesn't matter, they can find it anywhere. Absolutely. The same with the student community. Yes. What is my mantra is, I try and know as much as possible about their industry first. Okay. If I do not know their industry and what that company is doing, uh -huh. I can never connect to the audience. audience. I, I cannot connect. Yes. Let alone they connecting to me. First, I need to connect. Yes. So... That was uh, one thing uh, as a part of uh, my profession, I have always done my homework. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and I speak the most recent things about that company and the industry, okay. not 10 years back. Okay. 10 years back, the students are not, not interested. interested. Yeah. You know, or the audience is not. So I need to speak the most recent, maybe two years back, three years back about that company or about that industry. If I do not want to mention about that company, about that industry. Yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, I think, uh, is very important and that change need to be accepted by everyone. To keep the um, audience or the uh, students on the other side engaged, mm -hmm. 
my mantra is one always take the case studies to be a part of your teaching process okay when i say case studies yeah. i'm sure everybody knows today mm-hmm. all cases are available on the net there's a, as analysis are also available on the net yeah. so if i give a case which is already published and uh, you know ask them to analyze they'll bring out and say the learning will be zero their involvement will also be zero correct so i first i decided mm-hmm. i need to change this whole uh, thing so i started writing a case mm-hmm. on my own which was not available in the various uh, sources sources yeah so my agenda was not for publication okay my agenda was to make sure that i bring that learning process into, into the, the class classroom i started writing cases mm-hmm. frame questions mm-hmm. and uh, one way to get the students uh, engaged especially when i am when i talk about students i would ask them to uh in if anybody is interested you can you know associate with me okay. with the case writing uh uh-huh. that excitement was always there among the students of course there were one or two we would uh, sit down work on it when you take it to the classroom they don't have that uh, case anywhere else they don't have ready made answers yes, yeah so that would keep them engaged every single day mm-hmm. okay the second thing is even in the professional forum one uh, major thing i do is i tell them stop me okay any point ask me questions mm-hmm. because if it is one sided yeah you're not uh, driven the point i always believe unless there are questions and clarifications from the other side right. there's no learning taking place so i encourage that in fact in many forums i tell them please stop me ask questions mm-hmm. if you disagree also stop me and tell me why so that i'll you know give my my perspective to it so i think these things have helped me manage uh, getting the audience and students engaged always mm-hmm. and it's been a journey which is very fulfilling mm-hmm. because i know that they were involved and engaged in the class session and my idea is if they can have one or two take away from my session that's good enough you spoke about uh, the future in nowadays the teachers just cannot go with books and it's going to be technology i mean we are already i'm what am i talking about future we are in the usage of technology uh the buzzword ai <laughs> is something that's there all around we talk about it being good it being bad your thoughts on ai in our education system is it a good thing is it a bad thing is it being used when i would say it's both good and bad okay bad because especially from the student community point of view i'm saying okay supposing i give a project today uh-huh earlier uh, we would give them a project and wait for 6 uh, weeks to for them to submit okay whether it's uh, or 4 weeks or whatever depending upon in some cases it could be one week okay. a mini proje- project you give them and one week time to yeah and they would slog it out and mm-hmm. say i need one more day's time you know that story would go on yes but today mm-hmm. they just have to use ai and within uh, probably few <laughs> minutes in some cases in an hour or so okay you have a project ready oh wow okay so they can they submit the project the point is mm-hmm. where is the learning happening is it your own thinking have you done any analysis mm-hmm. 
most students i'm sorry to say probably under the pressure to submit they tend to just get these reports and submit so my argument to this is Mm-hmm. i think uh, the faculty's role is uh, now becoming a lot more uh, you know tougher yeah so you just can't take the report and correct it uh-huh. you need to have a viva ah catch them because if they have, it's just a downloaded version of uh, ai helping them in a mini project yeah pull them up with questions and questions need not be straight yes okay always you can Uh, application oriented questions if you have not done your homework you can never answer yeah so there you are taking care when i said this is the bad part of of our, yeah having said that i think there are a lot of good things also mm-hmm. you take uh, marketing as a, uh, you know a course or a profession okay a lot of things can be captured you feed consumer data okay today it helps you to identify what could be the needs and wants of the consumer mm-hmm. you can comfortably capture consumer experiences okay you can capture um, you know potential consumers mm-hmm. how to retain you know the retention uh, with respect to the consumers yes all these are enormous learning for a student who just feeds the data into the system and it gives you a lot of so which means it sets their mind to think okay i gave some data but yeah. then the data is giving me these options which means somewhere it forces them to think one yes there is a ready made answer yeah. but the on the other side what you had not thought of it is showing Swing. so that's one amazing thing it probably prompts them to uh, get involved learn probably do lot more um, uh, serious uh, work on the net to capture more data and you know, analyze and so on the other side on the academic administrative side you know when you have uh, 500 students or uh, whatever depends upon the various institutes time table itself is a big challenge because okay. you have some six specializations okay okay more mo- most places have five or six specializations okay. and drawing up time table is not a joke yes i have personally experienced it uh, you know my team would tell me ma'am i need 3 uh, days time to prepare the time table mm-hmm. for how many days for one month oh wow if it's for the entire term mm-hmm. they would need more time more time yeah today you feed the data give uh, the courses the subject the uh, number of credits if you say 30 uh, hours and each session is 1 hour 30 minutes uh-huh. and add as many variables as possible when you get an answer 5 minutes you have the time table ready for the entire term wow so administratively it's also adding value okay okay so when it comes to technology yes um, it has uh, uh, come a long way mm-hmm. today we are talking about hybrid uh, models mm-hmm. you have um, classroom sessions online sessions yes uh, both being relevant personalized uh, learning processes becoming a reality yes right and um um augmented uh, reality and virtual realities are also real today i think i'm sure you would have experienced many would have experienced today if somebody wants to buy something online all they have to do is give their uh, uh, you know probably if i want to paint my house just uh, feed the data with respect to some pictures and it will give me options Option. i'm seeing the how my house looks yeah right yeah so 
these augmented uh, and uh, virtual realities are making learning very interesting mm. in fact uh, tim uh, cook okay ceo apple says you know augmented reality and virtual realities are here to stay uh-huh. he says it's as important and as necessary okay. as three meals of our day so that is the reality technology keeps changing mm-hmm. and growing yeah. we need to accept it and uh, mold it to the needs needs it has been such a wonderful time talking to you and uh, before we wrap up uh, there's one last question that i would want to ask you what is it that you want to you have this platform uh, if you want to say something out to the youngsters there what is that one thing that you would want to tell be hungry to learn and the world will be yours oh <laughs> that's a good punchline um i think i have learned since the time we started the podcast i have learned so much and incorporated so much and uh, the hunger for learning i think has grown with every single podcast of talking to so many wonderful women out there uh thank you so much dr gayatri for sitting with us today and having a chat it was such a wonderful session um not only that i have spoken to people from the corporate world but from a world that is completely different from where all of us have stemmed out of it's interesting that you know it works almost on the same lines and there are all the same challenges and risks but i think you've handled them so well and um this is something for all of us to learn from Thank you so much uh, Deepashri thanks to you and your entire team thanks to Vinayast thank you thank you thank you everyone for tuning in and see you all on the next episodes of Wind Talks